0: Welcome to the Ecosend podcast, stories from marketers, founders, and changemakers, leading businesses for a better world. Welcome to another episode of the Ecosend podcast. I'm your host, James. And uh, today I am joined by uh, Dirk, who is from Karma Beach Club. And I'm thrilled to be talking with Dirk today. I might well be wearing something that Dirk has made. And uh, I'm excited to dig into Dirk's entrepreneurial journey and uh, working in the world of sustainability. I also must say Dirk is in a far more exotic location than myself. Uh, but I'm thrilled to have Dirk on the show. can't wait to dive in. How are you doing today, Dirk? Good to see you.
1: Hey, great, James. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Uh, I'm doing pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm glad we made this happen. It wasn't that easy. It took us a few, few tries uh, because I'm a moving target right now, Uh, (laughs) traveling around uh, South South America and uh, Finding that uh, that time frame where both of us have uh, time, where I'm stationary and you're not that busy, It wasn't that easy. So I'm glad <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having it's,
0: me. It's yeah, it's a real honor, and I I feel a bit guilty interrupting your your trip. So we're gonna get into that in a sec. And um, but maybe just before we start uh, diving into that, Dirk, what who are you? What what are, what are, what's your background? What have you what have you been up to? And 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 yeah, it would be good to hear more about the the man the man behind the camera here <laughs> right sure so hi uh, my name is
1: dirk and uh, my, my surname is eschenbacher and uh, I'm, I'm i saw you you didn't pronounce that you didn't even try i was it's wondering <laughs> it i wasn't sure if i would attempt it live yeah, <laughs> yeah so 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 i'm a, I'm a proper german uh, dirk eschenbacher and uh, i i'm a i'm an ad guy by trade uh, i left uh, germany uh by, so, so I'm an app person by trade and uh, in '95 in I, I got a bit of itchy feet, I got a bit bored uh, of uh, working in Germany and living in Germany and I left and moved to Asia. Uh, first I moved to Thailand and I stopped working in advertising. I opened a travel agency, a .com travel agency at that time, an online travel agency. In Thailand, and uh, that kind of worked out for a few years, but then the, the internet. So I I didn't get filthy rich during the dot com boom, uh, and uh, but then the dot com bust came, and I stopped working in in Thailand, and I moved to I moved to China and worked in advertising again. I worked for a big advertising agency called Ogilvy and uh i i ran like a bunch of creative departments around the asia pacific region and i worked on pretty big uh brands car brands and uh mobile phone brands we did all the motorolas and that during that time oh, the wow. early early 2000s and uh my
0: motorola was a big deal <laughs> yeah 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 like the razor
1: phone the tv yeah. commercials with backham and uh <laughs> and websites and all that kind of stuff Amazing. so that was that was fancy that was good but then I got <laughs> bored again in 2012 of advertising and I started another travel agency uh, and I a remember. few partners in 2012 uh, called Xanadu. And we recapitalized we on the, <clears throat> the demands of Chinese affluent travelers to stay in uh, luxury and boutique hotels around the world. So we became the leading luxury and boutique travel agency in, in China. That's uh, oh. from two thousand twelve to to now. Actually, there still are. <laughs> there was a bit of a dent uh, in two thousand twenty with uh, with uh, Corona.
0: <laughs> so I can imagine. that was a bit of a pity.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we we no. we did pretty well. We still do okay, uh, but uh, nothing like it was before. And uh, since we had to kind of scale down and uh, and you know refocus a little bit. I used that opportunity to explore some new new ideas and new thoughts and new uh, passions of mine and i went into the sustainable textile business
0: i would call it as you do um,
1: <laughs> as you do yeah, yeah yeah so so i had some time at my hands uh, stuck there in in china and i thought let's let's research a little bit what china is doing on the sustainability front i was quite keen to to explore that and uh since I'm right at the source, everybody knows it's the factory of the world, but uh, also yeah. what's quite obvious now is that there's a lot of innovation coming out of China, a lot of manufacturing innovation and uh, and some, some really interesting stuff, right? They're leading in AI, there's so much cutting edge stuff going on. So I was thinking, so what, what's cutting edge in, in, in uh, sustainability when it comes to textile production? Because I thought there must be something, right? So I researched a bit and... and uh, I found out a few things. First, I found out that actually most factories there have very um, very stringent carbon emission goals. Most of them oh, are, really? uh, mm-hmm. have to be carbon zero within this decade, which is quite amazing. Wow. Some of them, some factories I work with, they have the mission to be carbon uh, uh, carbon carbon zero by 27 or 28, latest 2030. Wow. And those are wow. not small factories; those are huge yeah. factories, right? So I was I was very surprised to learn that. I visited a bunch of factories. I'm not I'm, I'm not a factory person. Uh, this is all was all new for me. I was very very much surprised. Neither neither stuck.
0: am I, Dirk. I must admit, right. I, I've not been to many, especially Chinese factories. I've been to at least right. uh, at most zero. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. and it's it's. I mean, those those are beasts, right? That gigantic. They have huge output. Those are football fields full of uh, equipment. And they're really well run and, uh, you know, very efficient and, uh, very compliant and they're all set out to be carbon zero <laughs> very soon. That's, so that that's was so incredible, pr- yeah. I, I guess, because
0: yeah. you know, you often, I, I know in, in casual discussion, a lot of people sort of, they think of China as being, well, very industrial, as you said, the, the factory of the world, but also often you know, I, I think my mind goes back to when they had the Olympics and there was a lot of, um, was it 2008 when they had a lot of uh, pollution problems? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, to hear that actually they are in some ways, by the sounds of it, sounds of those goals, they're actually almost leading, leading the way uh, for a factory, factory, running a factory in a, in a climate-conscious way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so also interestingly, the pollution is not everywhere, but 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 in many parts of the country, it's very much cleaned up, <laughs> you know, right. not, not many people yeah. report about that. It's always better to report mm. about the, the, you know, the, the negative aspects, but they did yeah. definitely a pretty good job. But yeah, so I was surprised to, to see that. And then I thought, what can I do uh, that's, you know, exploring the frontiers of sustainability and... Uh, and I came across this uh, topic of uh, seaweed, and uh, <laughs> I was actually, I'm married to a Chinese, uh, to, to, to my Chinese wife, and she's from the coastal city of uh, Qingdao, uh, which by totally coincidence was one of the very, very few German colonies we have had. <laughs> and then there's right. even the even famous <laughs> German beer, uh, a German technology used to bra- bra- brew the, the Qingdao beer, so she's from there and uh i I realized that Qingdao has a lot of seaweed industry and I got into this topic of seaweed and uh I researched seaweed and uh, I realized that seaweed is like a you know you could call it a bit of a climate tech material perhaps like right. you know, it very, yeah. very much ab- absorbs like uh like incredible amounts of c o two and uh and it grows uh, without needing you know water because it's in the water obviously yeah. and, uh, uh, no pesticides, no fertilizers. It 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 uh, deacidifies the ocean. Uh, wherever you grow seaweed, you can also farm oysters and lobsters and crayfish and things like oh, that wow. it's so clear the water. So it's a it's a it's an amazing crop. It, in fact, they say it is the most sustainable crop uh, we have on this planet today. Wow! And, uh, really? Wow! So I got really wow. interested in that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I.
0: Talk to me two years ago, I also wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> I, <get into laughs> I mean most people seaweed. think of seaweed as being this annoying thing that sometimes gets yeah. on your feet or your arm when you go in the sea for a little swim. <clears throat> so uh yeah, right, that's a yeah. whole other way of looking at this. <laughs> yeah, so I thought how can I put
1: uh two and two together and uh wouldn't you know it? Now I make textiles out of seaweed. So that's my, that's my thing right now.
0: <laughs> that is quite a journey, Dirk. I think you might mm. win for the most, uh, most unexpected journey, uh, on this podcast so far. Cause that is quite, uh, <laughs> really? quite a difference <laughs> <Thanks>. of, uh, <laughs> you know, you just so, gotta
1: keep pushing, man, right? <laughs> And just yeah, explore new I'm, things. I'm, I'm intrigued
0: <laughs> by what you're going to be doing in five years. Time.
1: <laughs> uh-huh,
0: <yeah. laughs> um, so, yeah. so. As yeah, so we all know what seaweed looks like when it's in the sea. What, how on earth does one turn seaweed into something that can actually be worn? And is that even a good idea? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: uh, hey, bon Dias. The gardener just walked past here. Um, I had to, had to greet, greet him in Spanish. So, of course. You know, uh, C- seaweed, C- the seaweed that we use, uh, and you may or may not have seen that movie called uh, My Octopus Teacher uh, oh, on Netflix. No, I haven't which, yet, but I've heard uh, amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing, it. it's an amazing yeah. movie. And it's filmed basically entirely in uh, what is called an ocean forest. It's like gigantic kelp uh, kelp plants actually kelp is not a plant it's a seaweed it's an algae and uh and you have to imagine like 20 30 40 meter long standing uh plants wow. under the ocean uh, that's the those those brown kelp uh brown kelp is what we use and we use industrial farmed brown kelp so you can imagine uh, kilometers after kilometers of kelp farms out in the ocean and this is being harvested the kelp then it's being dried and it's being processed into what is called alginate. Alginate is a is a material that it's used in in. Uh, it's a, there's a big global market for alginate. It's a thickening agent. Uh, you use it in beer brewing. You use it uh, in food food making. You you also use it in dental molds. Uh, so it's a quite a oh, wow. established uh, material that's been around for many many years. But uh, we take the alginate and we turn it into fiber turn it into a seaweed fiber. And that seaweed fiber, it's a staple fiber, it's about three centimeters long uh, fiber. Uh, that, that fiber has a bunch of amazing properties. It, for example, it doesn't burn, uh, you know, it, you, you can hold it onto a flame and it's just flame retardant, it doesn't burn. Yeah. It also is antibacterial, so, um, uh, you know, it kills uh, microbes and when they when they touch uh-huh. the seaweed fiber. And also seaweed fiber is used in bandages uh, in hospitals. So uh, if you have like an open wound or something, you put that on because it's it's soothing and it's non-sticky. Mm. And it kind of turns into this kind of uh, healing shell, if you will. And also seaweed oh, wow. uh, alginate is used in facial masks and, and things like that. So it's a proper <laughs> big material. And we, we, we use that seaweed fiber and we turn it into we blend it with uh, other organic materials like uh, organic cotton uh, or um, we also use uh, organically grown bamboo fiber and blend this Mm. together into spin it into a yarn and then we take the yarn and knit it into a fabric and then the fabric we turn into the t-shirt that you're wearing right now i can see <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's that's works. really how it works, it works. <laughs> great
1: yeah great 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 it's
0: still and this isn't the first time i've worn it too this is <laughs> great and i'm they glad you come you've... in colors <laughs> other than green right
1: <laughs> they do they do yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: that's how... good. <laughs> it's, incre- yeah, it's, so it's very comfortable it's very i'm not trying to uh sell your t-shirts here Derek, but they mm. they uh, you know i was very intrigued when uh when you kindly sent one over um when we were talking sure. about getting some some t-shirts for ecosand and i was thinking what the heck are these gonna feel like like what is it gonna be slimy is it like and it, it's, just, <laughs> it's it a really lovely material yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's been through the yeah, wash yeah. you know it's um yeah, yeah it's great. uh it's really quite incredible, and I, I'm um, I'm sure we're gonna. Well, it seems like maybe we're you you could be onto something here. Maybe we're gonna be seeing seaweed uh, clothes popping up a lot more uh, if this is the case. But that whole journey, I mean, how 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 um, complex is that journey in compa- comparison to other materials? I guess there's uh, lots of ways to make a T-shirt. Does that does that incur greater um costs does it inc- are there any downsides to that journey it sounds like you've put a lot of work and research into figuring this out yeah so it's not
1: uh off the shelf material so if you yeah. so so right now what you have what are you wearing is that the t-shirt so you know I'm, I'm also at the very beginning of this journey and i'm experimenting with it we right now we've produced only t-shirts and uh, underwear actually because mm. of its antibacterial properties right now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm traveling and i'm wearing my t-shirts uh, every day and you literally like i do watch them every now and then but <laughs> you, you can actually go for you can you could go for a week uh, and not wash it, and it's not developing any odors because of its natural antibacterial qualities. Right? That, so, is, that is
0: interesting. So, I, I may um, bear that in mind. <laughs> when yeah yeah. So that's why we only have. Sometimes the gets a bit tight, you know? Yeah, sometimes... that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah yeah. You should you should set a, a timer on your app uh, to yeah. remind <laughs> you of changing your T-shirt. You know because you know because it's a good base layer on your skin, so that's great. And also as you said it, it's very soft, like it it has this cashmere mm. kind of feel to it so yeah which is great but yeah. uh but to make it it's not easy you know it's not like uh you can't buy it like a cotton fabric you have to actually yeah. really create that yarn and then and then you, you need to make the fiber create the yarn and then knit the fabric and and then cut and sew the the, the actual garment and that process you know it takes like right now it still takes me about 5 months to do this so if you wow if you say yeah. tomorrow yeah like you want to have a a, a green t-shirt as you do you <laughs> uh, would say you know, that? <laughs> it, yeah, yeah i know and it needs to be in europe color right it, it is a bit of an effort like uh, I can't, yeah, you know yeah. I can't I can't do this under five months right now <laughs> yeah, But, you know it's the yeah. beginning and you just gotta try new things and we see maybe in the future there's different techniques uh, that make it easier because the problem right now I tell you technically is that you can't dye the fiber <clears throat> you have to dye the seaweed fiber can't be dyed so you have to you can only dye the fiber that is blended with like the organic cotton, for example. So this whole process uh, makes it a bit bit more complex, but, but as things work, you know, as as innovation happens and as you work more on this and more people perhaps want to have some seaweed clothes, I think if the demand rises, the the technology will improve as you know.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) It's, it's also quite refreshing to hear something that's very much the opposite of um, fast fashion. Uh, which uh, right. yeah five months <clears throat> waiting time is definitely the opposite of that so <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um so so i guess there's um i know i i can only imagine but working in the manufacturing things in china and and trying to figure this all out like did you have much experience of this beforehand then dirk or you've been you've been picking this all up as you've been going along and figuring out like how, how the supply chain works in China then. And that, that sounds like, a a lot of complexity, a lot of, I, I mean, I, I think many people listening to this podcast wouldn't even know where to start, <laughs> um, on right that journey. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I didn't know either. <laughs> I mean, so, so uh, I would say like in this, in this, I would it now i'm in the apparel business i reckon so all the textile business and i read obviously quite a bit about this and uh, watched a few youtube videos here and there (laughs) and most people i think that start out they would probably produce in in uh in other countries like in portugal or turkey and things there's like there's normally, there's like smaller run uh, factories that uh, can help you out with like small batch runs of like garments that you want to produce. So that's that's a bit easier. In China, it's, it's not like that. There's no small factories. There's all, everything <laughs> is gigantic. Now, I've been living there for a long time. So I know, I know my way around, right? I speak the language and uh, I have a network over there and uh, I'm in... I'm mean, also in like groups and circles of people that are in sustainability and uh, clean energy and all those kind of things. So I, I you know, I, I learned from that, but then you need to, uh, plus I, you know, I built a, a company before in China, a travel company, and I'm, I'm in the startup ecosystem over there. You know, we, we are a vent- venture backed company, the, the travel company, it's a travel and media company. We got like investment from several uh, noteworthy vcs and also from tencent for example so i oh, wow. i know a little bit about the the business environment over there but still you know you just gotta get out there and get your hands dirty <laughs> and it also means that you have to meet the factory bosses and you know drink one or two little glasses <laughs> of uh, of liquor with them every now and then right <laughs> especially if you sure. if you can't yeah if you can't order like 1000 tons right <laughs> it's like oh. a, you know <laughs> wow. like uh, you have to play you have to be a player right yeah, i i come in and say hey guys like uh, let's try this new normally uh, like a minimum order quantity of something the moqs the famous moqs are like a ton i would say per color a but ton. it's like imp- per yeah, color. It's impossible wow. yeah per color yeah so that's impossible for i'm me, trying so... to
0: imagine that i yeah uh, and maybe for listeners like how many <laughs> how many t-shirts is a ton of t-shirts
1: <laughs> uh yeah, is a ton of t-shirts man a t-shirt <laughs> is about it's about 250 grams so you can make your own calculation man so it's <laughs> like uh it's, it's a bunch it's a bunch and you know it's possible when you when you have the and and we you know i hope we will get there at one point you know uh to to sell enough to be able to uh Put in a one a one ton order, but so far in my in my trial rounds, anyway I couldn't do that. So you know you always have to, to smooth talk your way in and uh, have a few drinks and tell them that it's all <laughs> for for the betterment of the planet and for uh, you know let's let's try some experiments here and uh, and then it works right and you can do this two or three yeah. times but uh, after the third round <laughs> they're like also getting a bit suspicious and then you have to you have to put in the the bigger numbers then yeah but that's that's it's not easy right it's not easy but it's it's worth it i think
0: it sounds from your from what you're saying though dirk that uh working in china and dealing with with some of these factories there's generally an attitude though of wanting to do the right thing for the planet in general would you say that's that's fair or or would you say there's still a a challenge in, in trying to persuade people to think more sustainably about their their production
1: um yeah that's a very good question james and uh me you know it's a little bit close to my heart this whole thing because you know obviously there's a very big rift between china and the west at the moment and yeah and which i strongly separate like the the people from the politics right so there's a you know i i also do not deal with any politics and i'm also yeah. you know i also have my own own opinions and all that uh, but the people is a different thing right and and there's two 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 angles to this one is the market in china is actually fairly sophisticated and uh, you know brands like uh, veja or uh, some other sustainable brands mm-hmm. they're you know they're quite sought after in china and there there oh, is a very really? much a growing a growing mm. demand for,
0: for for those not mm. aware of asia the trainer mm. company right they that make uh right yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: sustainably yeah. sustainably minded uh, uh products and you could argue that perhaps exactly. it's more like an so, a novel so ah, i like see it. you're like <laughs> <laughs> you're caught in the marketing here no you know you're doing you're doing the right stuff for the planet yeah and uh, you could argue that many people buy those things for the novelty, you know, because also again, it's it's marketing in the end. A lot of it is all about marketing. Whether or not you really set out to do the right thing for the planet, or you yeah. think it's cool to yeah. have to wear something that that says it does the right yeah. thing for the planet, right? But anyway, so so while China is the Chinese market is nowhere as sophisticated as the United States, for example, it definitely goes into this direction on on the consumer yeah. side and on the factory side. You know, again, behind the factory, there's all people and all like from the bosses to the people that that I interacted with, like that helped me um, help me with the, the the factory setup, the production setup, and I walked through those factories. Those are all those are all you know cool and nice people that that. Breathe yeah. the same air and eat the same food, right? And <laughs> and uh, and they they know about this too, right? And they also know. I mean, they have the the government directions to be carbon carbon neutral soon, but they also know that the global demand goes towards that. They yeah. they not necessarily say, "Oh, I need to I need to save the planet by reducing my CO two emissions right now." It wouldn't come necessarily <laughs> from the the factory worker, but I think the factory bosses very much. In alignment with that and yeah. then they in the end it's a for-profit company and they they turn to where the market demand turns to yeah. and uh, so yeah. they can see that so when you go to those big fairs where they the big textile fairs there's a lot of chinese uh, manufacturers that have some sort of green products already on the market yeah so,
0: so it's there, right? It's coming. <laughs> it's yeah. Very, very interesting to hear. And as, as in a lot of mm-hmm. these conversations we've had on the podcast, it's like, there's often a lot of alignment in doing something better for the planet. Also there's often drivers at play that also mean more, more revenue and more profit. There's often a lot of challenges that come with that, but, uh, the, the ideal situation increasingly that businesses find themselves in is that the smarter business option is to think about the planet too uh, which which yeah. sounds very reassuring and promising for for the future i um i I would love to chat more about this Dirk, but I also want to make sure we give time to hear a little bit about your your should I call it a road trip or a, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah what are you it's what are you trip. up to at the moment, dirk, <clears throat> and where the heck are you again <laughs> right, yeah.
1: So it's actually not called a road trip. There's a technical term for this, like a geek term. It's called overlanding. And uh, overlanding. I didn't know about this before either, but this is what I'm doing right now. I'm overlanding through Central and South America. So with my family. So we, we, we left China in July and, uh, and now we are in Ecuador. And uh, so wow. what we did is we bought, we, bought a, we bought a land cruiser, which is a 4x4 car. And uh, we've kitted it out with a with a kitchen in the back, like some drawer system in the trunk, oh, and nice. uh, some boxes <laughs> on the roof, and some extra cherry cans for the gas. And then uh, <laughs> and then we set out to drive to uh, to the southern tip of uh, Chile, which is Ushuaia, and uh, that's where we are. We're like halfway down, pretty much. I'm not quite sure if we're already halfway. I, I- I don't know it could be, it feels not like gonna long. You on that. <laughs> <laughs> no it's it feels long. the days are long. it's a lot of driving, a lot of driving but uh, oh, it's good goodness. yeah, so we're on this on this adventure and right now i'm I'm sitting here in Ecuador and the northern. we just crossed from Colombia into Ecuador yesterday and uh, I'm sitting in by by total coincidence, there is this German guy, Hans, is his name, and he has a <laughs> He has a thinker here uh, that provides uh, little cabanas and some uh, some flat uh, grass areas for uh, overlanders. <laughs> so we oh, and he wow. has a German restaurant. So for the first time <laughs> so uh, in a long home. time, <laughs> yeah, yesterday for the first time in a long term, I actually had a, a white a white beer like <laughs> sitting there. And, and ate some German food. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty spectacular. <laughs> looking on, the, looking onto the volcanoes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, when was the last hmm. time you actually had some German uh, food and beer? I guess uh, it's been a while ago, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That could have been in. Um in china I don't yeah, know. It yeah could have been a, yeah it's been a Maybe long more. time yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um, that's amazing so the, the trip so far how long have you been on it and how how long is there still to go i'm because I, I mean coming from the uk myself i'm really struggling to get my you know for me a long journey would be going from uh london to uh edinburgh um and yeah. I, I suspect the distances <laughs> you are talking about are a little bit longer than that
1: yeah, so it's been it's been a, a long drive, and uh, so we went down from we, we got the car in Los Angeles, a friend helped us by that, and then we drove down uh, Mexico for a few weeks, uh, almost a month, and uh, the Baja California, you know, all those things we've never you, you always hear, hear about it, but you never actually make it there, and then and then Mexico was amazing, was really fantastic, and but a lot a lot of driving, especially. the the very beginning when you just don't know the distances so you know it's gonna be a lot but you don't know how much it is and then the Baja California was just quite a lot of driving and then uh, it was also pretty (laughs) hot we got into a hurricane and uh, and things like that and then uh, through Mexico and then we cut into Guatemala then uh, my wife had to fly back to China uh, for family reasons. She she basically missed the entire Central America. I was with my, my daughter. My daughter and me, we went from Guatemala to El Salvador. We cut through Honduras into Nicaragua and then to Costa Rica and Panama. And then you can't go any further after Panama. Like uh, so, so we're driving a thing called the Pan-American Highway, which goes actually right. all the way from Alaska down to Ushuaia. It's the, the longest road in the world. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and uh, by the there's this hundred, I think it's 87 kilometers between Panama and Colombia. Just where the, after the Panama Canal, right? Which can I mean, maybe you have a, a visual in your head, the Panama Canal. Just after that, where that Panama, that Central America meets South America, you can't go through because it's it's lawless territory, right? It's controlled by oh. some 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 drug gangs, and you have like tarantulas and snakes and crocodiles. So it's a very Difficult, <laughs> so, so you have to ship the car actually from Panama to Colombia to Cartagena in Colombia So we got the car oh, wow. to this boat uh, We found somebody to share a container with and we shipped the car over and then we just spent uh, a Few weeks in Colombia. I never even you know, I, it wasn't really on my map at all. Colombia. I have to say uh, yeah. Even on this trip, I thought we just quickly go through and then cut into Ecuador but it turns out that Colombia was amazing. Like I have to say, like after Mexico was... Mexico, Nicaragua and then Colombia, they were all really amazing. And Colombia is really, it's a gem. It's really, really super. Wow. Like, uh, we really loved uh, Colombia. Yeah. And now, now we're in Ecuador. Now we're in the Andes mountains. Now we're at uh, two, two and a half thousand meters and we're gonna go up to 5,000 meters. And, uh, and we're looking forward to to a bit of colder weather now. Yeah, it's good
0: that is incredible i feel like i've uh my mind has drifted away from this co-working space i happen to be in in london today Derek, <laughs> <isn't that? laughs> yeah i uh so, so I we, don't...
1: we're working as well sorry we're working so well. my wife's yeah, yeah. an architect she joined us again in uh in columbia oh, she, great. We're, we're back yeah. in yeah we're back united and uh she's an architect and i have my business and a few other side things so You know, we we try to travel a day and then, um, um, you know, be stationary either for a day or two days and then see something and uh, work a little bit. We actually bought a a Starlink satellite uh, dish Uh from Elon Musk. Which is amazing, I have to say. It's really, it's really amazing. Like uh, if you ever had one, like uh, it's this really geeky white thing you put up, and and it kind of finds its own direction to the nearest satellite, and it moves around a little bit, and then you get a really good hundred megabit uh, connection. So, wow. so,
0: so it's great, yeah. <laughs> That's better than a lot of the landline internet we have in the UK, I think. So, I'm right, yeah. that part. <laughs> Um, Doug, I, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you, and I don't want to yeah, hold you thank back you. from your your adventure any longer. So thank you for joining me on the show. I think anyone listening, they might be on their commute, they might be on a rainy train or train journey or something, and this will help them get lost in the in the world with with you. So thank you for uh, sharing your story, and uh, we'll also make sure we link to your um, well your your instagram your linkedin you've got a website and there is the t-shirt the t-shirt store itself karma beach club uh we'll make sure we link to that if you're willing to wait a little bit for some t-shirts then that's the place to go and uh hopefully we can help that's right oh they're in stock go... okay okay yeah, yeah well, hopefully yeah, yeah, we, we can help you ramp t-shirts. up the uh hopefully we can help you ramp up the production of that seaweed there <laughs> All um, right. Thank you, Doug. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, James. Joining me and, uh, Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you,
1: everybody. Take thank care. Thank you. Bye.
0: And thank you for for listening today. If you've uh, enjoyed the show and you want to tell more people about it, we would love you to give us a rating on whatever podcast player you're using. Or if you're watching on YouTube, please do drop a comment and uh, and let us know what you thought. So thank you for joining us.